at the end of the day, real estate is an investment like any other. There's, there's always going to be a risk. You've got to calculate the risk versus the reward. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education tons of great information it's free to join be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com now on with the podcast welcome back right club community to another episode of the right club podcast i'm alfonso slemmy and i am here with my amazing co-host laurel simmons how's it going laurel it's going great and boy we've got a really interesting podcast today don't we Absolutely. Absolutely. Today we are talking with Ryan Carson. He is the legal partner of the Right Club, a right partner of ours, uh, really from early days when uh, when we first uh, first started the club. And he's helped so many of the, of the community members set up their, their businesses, their corporations, definitely close on deals. I know I'm at his office a few times a month, dropping off checks and things like that. Um, but uh, definitely we get really into it about setting up your business, setting up the right structure, who to work with and how to work with and interact to make sure that you are set up in the right way and, and getting to along that path. So awesome, awesome intro to our uh, conversation with, with Ryan today. And uh, yeah, I had a great chat uh, with him. So let's just go right to it because, you know, there's a lot of really good information. I would grab a pen and a piece of paper. People still do that. I don't know. (laughs) Or tap it on your phone. I don't know. And go listen. Go listen. So absolutely. Let's let's get to it. Welcome, Ryan, to the Right Club podcast. It's great to see you again. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me, guys. So Alfonso and I are going to be asking you some really, you know, we think some, some questions that we've been pondering. Um, and we know that our, our uh, Right Club uh, community has also been doing that. So let's get right to it. So from a lawyer's perfect perspective, um, if you want to scale up, if you have a client who wants to scale up in real estate investing, and I'm, I know you have a lot of real estate investing clients, um, what do they have to think about? What are some of the things that they really have to think about as they are scaling up? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the main one, and this is a common thread that so many of the presenters probably talk about, you know, at the right club, as well as people on the podcast, you really have to make sure you have a really strong power team, you know, so that's typically your accountant, your lawyer, um, your, your people are going to help you with your financing, your mortgage broker, insurance, Um, because you want to make sure that not only do you have a team that helped you kind of with the single family, but if you're scaling up into multi and commercial and larger residential complexes with, you know, 10 plus units or whatever the case is, um, even though for the investor, it might not seem a lot different. Um, it is a very different beast, right? Like ensuring that's going to be a lot different than a single family property. Um, Your considerations for tax are probably going to be different. Um, 
structure will be different or potentially different. Um, writing the mortgage application and the financing is going to be different. Um, and then, of course, like if you're using a real estate agent to find the deals, um, it, it's a commercial deal. So it's going to be different. The agreement naturally is different, uh, commercial to um, residential. So the power team, I think, is important to always start with. It's always, you know, a good idea to, you know, build up with a good foundation, right? So making sure you've got the power team in place um, with the expertise and the knowledge and the experience to help you in multi-resident commercial when you're trying to scale and get bigger. Um, but at the same time, also make sure you've got a, good, a really great coach who's already done this. Um, that's gonna be important as well, I think. So that's where I would start for sure. Uh, absolutely, great advice. And, and I think, for, for, for most of our listeners that are you know listening to this podcast, it's we're real estate investing for for freedom, right? That that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to dictate like, yeah, we'll work, you know, 80 hours a week you know, on our own projects versus 40 hours for for somebody else's for the most part, right? For a lot of us. And we have you know different reasons why, and, and Laurel talks a big part about that, uh, you know, why we're investing and in, in doing all this. So, you know, when we say scaling up, it can mean many different things, right? Maybe from zero to one, or I don't know, from a hundred to five hundred, right? Or or like you said, going through, right? So there's different at different levels, and you know, there was an old saying, what you kill, don't kill a mosquito with a sledgehammer. Right. And, you know, maybe you don't need the sledgehammer right out the gate, right out the start. But how do you evolve and build up to that and know when there's certain levels of protection that there must haves or like, you know what, get some experience under your belt and then let's start figuring out the big matrix of how the businesses interact. So what can yeah. what can you shed light on for that, Ryan? Uh, well, again, I mean, I, I always encourage the real estate investors to have a strong starting relationship, even if it's your first property with your accountant, really make sure the accountants have a great understanding of like where you are presently, like property number one, and where you want to move in the next, you know, six, 12 months, 36, 60 months, like where are you headed, right? Like, what are you looking to accomplish and at what pace? Um, because even though to your analogy of like the mosquito and the sledgehammer, I agree 100%, you don't want to come with too much stuff right away that now you're potentially cost heavy uh, or cost overload with, you know, certain, certain steps and so forth. Um, the, the purpose of obviously doing a lot of this real estate investment in part is, is to create some financial independence, some financial freedom, a primary or a secondary source of income, uh, you know, to, to live off or subsidize your, your lifestyle. Um, and so one of the best ways to maximize that is to be tax efficient. And so I think, you know, the whole idea of making sure that you've got your tax advice correct from the very get-go can, can really save you for, you know, for the simple example I see with a lot of real estate investors is they get excited, they do some deals, nine times out of 10, they're all in their personal capacities. You know, Alfonso, you know where I'm going with this and Laurel. Um, all of a sudden, they do the planning with the accountant. And the problem is those couple properties that they started with kind of get stuck on a little island by themselves. They don't really fall into the, the new go forward plan because to move them into a corporate structure, which is inevitably where any scaling realtor go, um, real estate investor goes, uh, 
is going to cost cost them probably more in taxes to move it, right? Because you got potential capital gains, you've got land transfer tax, you've got both, um, and and so to move those beginning projects and those be beginning investments and properties over to the scaled up version of what is now your your new platform going forward um, is just it's not worth it, right? So. I'd always say starting with a really good tax plan and tax advice on like, yeah, this is where I am right now, but I know I want to very quickly get to this point and I know I'm going to. So if you know that, even though it's only one or two properties at the very beginning, if you know you're going to get to 10 by the end of 12 months, well, or a very good chance you will, then you, you should probably bite a bit of the bullet off and you know, get that corporate structure set up so that from day one, you've got all the properties in your, your scaled model, basically. I think, so I, I think, I think that accountant and having that great accounting advice at the very beginning is, is crucial. And then from that, that accounting advice and that tax advice will, will normally dictate and provide additional requirements for the lawyer, you know, incorporation, for example, like, are we creating some sort of corporate structure? I know lots of people always talk about the three-tier structure, you know, a holding company, property ownership company, a property management company. I mean, that's obviously been the model of some other, um, you know, real estate investor groups over the years. Uh, I think with tax changes, a lot of tax accountants will tell you it's maybe not the best approach now. They're not saying it's not a good approach, but it's not kind of a slam dunk approach anymore. There might be some different models. A lot of accountants I know are <clears throat> working with family trusts now. They're encouraging a lot of people to take on a family trust, maybe in lieu of a corporation or in combination thereof. Um, so certainly one way to scale your real estate investing uh, over the years or, or, or uh, the lifetime of your investment cycle would be through corporate structure, you know, incorporations, uh, corporate organizations, um, family trusts. Those are, those are definitely um, hot, hot items for scaling up when people want to get bigger because they're going to, they're just going to dovetail in with the tax planning that a lot of real estate investors are going to be doing as they scale. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. 
So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. I think that one of the things that I hear a lot and probably Alfonso, you do too, uh, is that especially when you're starting out and like you said, Ryan, with, with, with maybe one or two properties, you're just thinking one or two properties and somebody mentions corporate or corporation to you. And, and like, like you can just see like the fear, right? It's like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. That's like, that's, that's, that's too scary. Cause it, that's a real reaction. It's like, there's this to do and that to do it. And there's visions of, I don't know what there's visions of maybe, um, uh, <laughs> you know, tie suits and ties and going into the office or something i don't know and having staff but to me it's like um having a corporate structure is really pretty basic so can you talk to people or talk to us just a little bit about like you know what is a basic corporate structure just so that people get familiar with that because not everyone knows like when, when i say i want to set up a company or corporation what does that mean yeah, so setting up a corporation, well, there's three ways of doing business in Canada. Um, and you have to be careful if you've been listening to a lot of like US commentary, they have different, they have some different structures available to them. But the most common three ways for Canadians to set up um, a business is a sole proprietorship, which would mean it's just you taking on and, and doing the work. So it'd be like Alfonso's, you know, real estate investing. And so it's just Alfonso going out and, and, you know, acquiring properties and owning them. And that's, that would be a sole proprietorship uh, equated to Alfonso's real estate investing. Then you could do like um, A&L, you know, Alfonso and Laurel partnership. Right. And so similarly to the sole proprietorship, it's still you guys it, like as individuals that are going to be, um, personally on the hook through the through the partnership business but it's 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 now more than one it's laurel and alfonso in this case I and mean, you get have a partnership of 20 people really but it has to be two or more right and then the third way is through an incorporation and an incorporation is a legal entity recognized at law all by itself and so it's what most people think of when they think of a company so you in you use a process and paperwork and documentation with the government and you register a corporation. The corporation's owned by shareholders and the shareholders give direction to a board of directors, which then oversee the management of the day-to-day -day operations by the officers, which is like a president, you know, secretary, vice president, treasurer, and so forth. So that's kind of the levels that you have inside a corporation. So, you know, when somebody thinks, hey, um, I think, you know, we've been told it's time to go from owning these properties just personally and owning them in, in corporate, like a corporate structure, um, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about setting up um, a corporation, right? And that setting up of a corporation, um, it doesn't need to be, you know, a very scary task. I mean, it's actually something that, lawyers and accountants can do really quickly uh, and, and make it very, very simple and straightforward. We have a very straightforward and simple intake sheet. We just talk to the clients, talk to their accountants, gather all the information that is needed, and we take care of the rest. They don't have to do anything. It's all online. It's all registered. can be done in a matter of just a couple of days, uh, and then you're set. You, you'll get a certificate, 
that certificate allows you then to go to the bank and open your bank accounts and everything. And then off, off to the races you go. Now you, instead of doing business as Alfonso real estate, you know, business, now you're doing it as, um, you know, AS real estate investing incorporated. And he has a separate corporate bank account and all his properties would be owned by AS Inc. and so forth. I think that's one thing that people, some people don't realize is that a, a corporation is truly a separate entity. It is separate from the person who creates it. Like if I go out and create a corporation and I've got a number, that doesn't matter, a number of them, um, they are separate and they will continue to exist long after I've left this earth if I've set things up properly, correct? It's like they, yeah. they really are a separate entity. So, and, and they are taxed separately. And, and yeah, if I want to draw money out of that corporation, sure I can. And then I talk to my accountant and all the rest, the rest of how do I get the money out? And, you know, like whatever, we all pay, in the end, we all pay taxes. <laughs> that's just, that's inevitable. However, with the corporate structure, there are ways that you, you know, corporations do get taxed at a lower rate than individuals. That, that's no surprise. Um, so there's ways to pull money out and, and do it you know, legally and you still pay tax on it. Or you can just have that money sit there and buy more assets, whatever you want to do. But it is a separate entity. And I think a lot of people don't don't understand that, that it really is separate. It's just, yeah. it's just setting up something else. It's like a, a holder for your business activities. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to, to, to emphasize on that point. And we say that in a lot in our in our, um, a lot of our events, our online events, we said that right from the beginning in our in-person, is treat this like a business, right? And when people think that maybe you hear it treated like a business, yeah, of course, I have to make more than I spend and be profitable. Okay, that's one aspect of it, but it's setting it up in this structure. Think about if you were a great athlete. I know, I know Ryan was a great hockey player, okay? And, you know, probably still is a great hockey player and, and a good athlete overall. He can get, the, get a drive out a couple hundred yards, four or five out there as well, too. But if you go put Ryan on, let's just say, I don't know, and I'm just going to assume, I didn't ask Ryan this, but on a cricket court, right? You know, you might get lucky and connect with a ball or run to the right spot once or twice or get it over. But consistently over time, he's going to fail. <laughs> because he doesn't know the rules until he starts talking to teammates, learning about the game, figuring it all out, because that's the league or sport that he's in. So whatever sport, and when we say, I like the gamification or the sport of, of business and investing, and, you know, if uh, rent-to-own was hockey and, and burrs were football and, uh, you know, and all these different things, we all have these different ways to approach it and set up these organizations that it doesn't just happen. Right. So Ryan touched upon, you know, the shareholders, the board of directors, the management, you can be on those as well. You could be a few of those different things, but it's like Laurel said, it's completely separate in the way that it interacts taxes and amongst that. So I'm going to jump off my soapbox for a second. Ryan, I, I don't know if you wanted to add anything there quickly. Um, but anyway, I, the question that I, I wanted to get to. So when you set all this up, this is these shareholders, boards of directors, and maybe sometimes about Shark Tank and, you know, the Dragon's Den and you sell 30% of your company for, you know, $1 million, all that. How do you vet out like proper people that you want to work with? You mentioned the power team right off the beginning, right? With those people that were helping financing and services. But are there ways to have other people as part of directors, boards of directors, advisement? You mentioned coaching as well too, that, uh, that can help grow that business mentality? Yeah, I mean, you can have anybody sitting on your board of directors and in your, and I mean, the board of directors is more like, um, 
people that aren't necessarily going to be day-to-day operations of the business, they're going to be more, I guess you, you could think of them more as general counsel and advisors of the business. Maybe they're, maybe, maybe one of them would be your real estate coach, right? Um, you know, it just, it really just depends on, uh, on the situation. Like, honestly, most real estate investors, you're, you're probably, this is a, like going to be like kind of a family run business for the most part, or you in conjunction with like another, you know, business colleague, it's probably going to be literally you guys being everything. Like you'll be the officers, you'll probably be the directors and you'll be the shareholders. And that's kind of it, right? Like you're everything, right? Um, but, you know, could you have like other advisors and colleagues and people on your business team sitting in different positions within the corporation? Sure, you could. Um, but but I, I mean, I think people will be hesitant to do that in some in some respects, because a director and an officer, uh, you can have liability, right? Like if you make mistakes that are to a high enough level of, you know, you've made a professional error or you've been negligent. Um, then now they can personally be accountable, not just, um, it's not just the corporation that is accountable for whatever the debt or the issue is, it's the person themselves as well, because they, uh, unfortunately maybe acted negligently or, um, just, you know, didn't do something to the standard that they needed to as a director or officer. Right. So most people will probably not want to engage in that role. Like uh, they won't want to officially engage in that role as an officer and director, unless um, they're like actually going to be, you know, owners probably in, in the privately held company. But to your point, you know, having the coach or the teammates all involved, the advisors uh, all like at the ready, all, you know, on retainers or, you know, just a phone call or an email away. I think that's, that's your key thing, right? It's all back to that power team, just having everybody ready to help you and give you the advice that you need um, will allow you to make sure you've got it set up properly. Decisions you're making are, you know, calculated. You've tried to minimize as much risk in the decisions you make as you can. Um, at the end of the day, real estate is an investment like any other. There's there's always going to be a risk. You've got to calculate the risk versus the reward. Um, and hopefully you get the biggest return on your investment for at the lowest risk, right? So there's there's always risk reward with it. It is an investment after all. Um, but I think that that team, as you as you put it, and having that that group of advisors all together will will be your best bet at at properly scaling up uh, for sure, 100%. Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We as Elevation Realty are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. 
We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single family rentals, duplex conversions, three and four unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. Can you talk a little bit more about family trust? Because um, I'm starting to hear a little bit about this, but I, th I think it's still fairly new in the landscape. So um, first of all, when you talk about a trust, a family trust that you would put real estate in, what, what exactly is that? How easy is it to set up? And uh, why would I choose that versus a corporation? Yeah, so a family trust, again, like a corporation is a separately, um, it's a separate legal entity, right? It can exist by, on its own. It, it, um, it, and it's taxed on its own too, right? It receives different tax treatment than an individual and in a corporation, right? Um, in Ontario, a trust can't own title. Like you can't have a registered deed owned by a trust. Uh, you could have, you could have indirectly the trust be the owner of an, of a corporation and thus the beneficial ownership is a trust, but registered title can't be owned by a trust. The director of titles won't allow in Ontario uh, trusts to be an owner on title, you know, on registered deed. Right. Um, but beneficially, um, meaning the person who is the actual true owner of the property, not just who's on title, but the true owner of the property can be a trust. And a lot of accountants are, like I said uh, earlier, looking to use a combination of a corporate structure with a family trust to maximize people's benefits for uh, tax planning, long-term planning, estate planning, um, all these various different reasons to, again, help probably minimize your year-over-year -year costs of paying tax to the government, but set you up in such a way to provide um, you know, other future benefits of um, just, just business planning. Like one example with a family trust is you could have your kid, like if you have yourself, your spouse and your kids all as beneficiaries to the trust, there's different ways of the money coming out of the trust to pay for the kid's education. That is now much more tax favorable than if you just, you know, took it out and paid for the kid's education. RESPs, you can only really put so much money into an RESP for it to be like worthwhile from a tax point of view, like getting the different tax, you know, benefits of it, as well as like the government contributions that they offer in Ontario. So people will use trusts as an example to have money go in and flow out for things like uh, kids education, for example. So 
there's there's lots of different ways, but the trust is used very similar to corporation. It's it's there for like a reduction in tax and and creating options and opportunities for the benefit beneficiaries of the trust or the corporation to um just ex excel their planning right if you do this if you literally didn't do any corporate planning you didn't have a trust you didn't do any tax planning you did nothing you just you just did alfonso individual person versus alfonso planner and tax extraordinaire um the the latter being the planner and the person who did corporate structure and and trust planning and so forth probably nine times out of 10 is going to be way ahead of Alfonso, the individual, you know, Alfonso, the individual, let's say he has an, you know, he's taking out, you know, he's got a million bucks of value every year. He makes a million bucks, you know, maybe, maybe that's a downgrade for you, Alfonso. I don't know, but let's say Alfonso had a million bucks come to him every single year. Well, right off the hop, he's in the highest tax bracket, right? So personally, he's losing 55% of that million bucks gone if alfonso you know corporate planner and extraordinaire has a million bucks flowing through various corporations and and trust well he's not paying 55 percent. if he keeps a bunch of that money all in the, the corporate level and the trust levels he's he's paying only at those rates which are significantly lower he's only going to pay the higher personal tax rates at whatever he pulls out into per, his personal hands. So the latter is always gonna come out ahead. So if my understanding is correct then, because I really need to get this clear for myself. If, so I set up a corporation, I have, I, I, my corporation has title to whatever you know, properties there are. Then, then I set up a trust and, and one way, whether I set them up together or one before the other, I'm not quite sure, but the trust then owns the corporation is that correct? Yeah, you, you can have the trust as the shareholder in the corporation. Okay. Correct. And then yeah. and then whatever I mean profits are uh, well because they own it. Um, the, the 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 revenue whatever revenue that comes out of the corporation can go to the trust. Yeah, you can have stuff flow between corporate like um, if you had multiple corporations all like similar similarly owned, you can do like intercompany intercorporation. Uh, dividends or transfers, whichever the accountant wants to call it, but they can move the money be between those companies, those corporations, because they're um, similarly owned or identically owned. And then the family trust is no different. You could move money from a corporation up to the different family trust. Same thing. They have uh, preferential tax treatment, the way they move the money around. So basically it's not getting taxed. It's moving around to the various different corps and family trusts. Uh, until it lands in a spot that's the most beneficial uh, as you know deemed by the accountant and then the hopefully the plan if it's properly laid out with the accountant and the lawyer will be you're paying as little as possible year over year with some sort of maximization at the end with an estate plan so if, if you have a trust then um and again i'm not to me it sounds like trusts are really good for like multi-generational uh a situation where you have maybe parents or grandparents and parents and children, whatever. So the money keeps flowing into the trust and then it can be distributed or dispersed 
to whoever the trustees, I guess, decide. And then that's at a different tax rate, correct? Yeah, I mean, there's there's various different types of trusts that exist. And there's also, you know, like anything else, there's very specific trust laws. So one general principle about trusts are they have to vest every 21 years in a day. So you, it's not like an indefinite creature like a corporation. So there are some different rules that you have to follow and abide by and take into consideration when we're setting up trusts. I mean, I like the what you guys pointed at the beginning, which is if you want to be a successful real estate investor, you need to treat it as a business, not as a hobby. You can treat it as a hobby and that, there's nothing wrong with that, but you want to treat it like a business. The first thing a really well-structured, well-oiled business does is they have a plan and you need to have the right advisors to help you make the plan. And the, the key thing I think to it all is it's it's looking at like your what's your what are your life cycles going to be of this this business now you know so you got your beginning right you know whatever they call that like that's your early adoption phase right then you got your growth phase then you got your like plateau phase and then you got your like hopefully your transition your selling phase right so you really gotta it's a lot for people to think about all in the very beginning but the truth is once you get going in this business you're not going to have any time to stop and think about it. Like, I'm going to be flat honest with you. Like the busier, the more successful you are as a real estate investor, you'll almost have less time. You'll actually almost probably start having less time because you're just going to chew up more and more and more and more deals all the time. Right. Um, it'll be like, you'll just be a magnet to deals all of a sudden because everybody will know Alfonso is the guy to deal with. Right. Or Laurel is the lady to deal with. Right. So I think at the beginning is the time to do it because that's when you're most focused about the plan and you got to kind of map it out. You might only do like A, B, and C in life cycle part A, you know, which is growth or sorry, like early, early adoption. Right. And then like in your growth phase, you might do D, E, and, D, e and F part. Right. And then in your, you know, plateau and your transition, you might do, you know, the rest of your, your phases. Right. But there's so much to like to think about and plan for that it's it's hard to do it once it's once the once the hose is on it's it's hard to turn it off right yeah yeah and th there was just so much good info and in the little exchange right there and those little tidbits and 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 really what what I was thinking was when when you start realizing when, listeners when when you start realizing that you, you can, you have control of this with freedom comes control. So they, they, I know they're two complete opposite things, but you have to be able to have these controls in place to create that freedom. And when I learned about this and going through this, as many people do, it's going from playing checkers to chess, right? And checkers, you could just kind of hop your way along the board and okay, on to the next one in the game. But you know, if you don't know what you're doing with the, the chess pieces, you're going to wipe out really quick and keep going from there and, and having those right people in the right times at certain spots throughout the business. And when Ryan, you know, talks about this just so elegantly with 
you know, the accountants and talk to your team, the power team. It's because they work with them every single day. The lawyers and the accountants with the, with the mortgage brokers, with realtors, with all the, all the insurance, everything that goes on in the business. That's, that's what they're doing nine to five. Well, we're going out finding deals, finding, creating the business. They're the operators that are having those, those right partners, literally the right partners, hashtag, don't forget that the right partners, <laughs> right. That you want to have on, on your side that have gone through it before. And when you're on the proverbial battlefield, Ryan rather have a guy that's played, you know, cricket a, a million times beside him when, if it's his first time on that field. Right. And if he needs to show somebody how to put it, you know, top cheese over the glove hand, you know, he's going to show somebody cause he's done it a whole bunch of times. Right. So that's, what's so important. And, and I love that. I just, that was, that was some, a great, great exchange. And, and, uh, yeah, Laurel, I don't know. I think we're uh, we're about ready for our lightning round. So what do you think? I think so. So are you ready, Ryan? Sure. Okay. Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Um, I will ask the first question. So what's the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Uh, it sounds like a broken record, but like get the power team. Definitely get the right power team in place, you know, get the advisors. Um, but I think specifically, and this goes to Alfonso's point about the sports analogies, um, maybe not even, not even just the advisors, but the key thing I would say is make sure you, you team up with a really great coach, somebody who has already done or is doing what you want to do, like learn from their mistakes, learn from their experience, um, you, you know, you, you don't want to make the same mistakes, right? So team up with the right coach would be, would be my best advice, you know, on top of that power team of advisors, but, uh, teaming up with a great coach experienced in what you want to do and where you want to go would be, would be crucial. Nice. Nice. Absolutely. The path is already laid out. You don't need to create a new one, right? Don't create the wheel, recreate the wheel. Um, anyhow, so number two in the lightning round, what is your favorite resource for real estate investing? And that could be uh, that could be anything, a book, a training, uh, something that uh, that you go to that you use as a resource. Oh, man. That is a good one. You know what? Um, I, I kind of, I'm going to say maybe like Facebook, to be honest with you, uh, because there's so many amazing Facebook groups that have just come up at a note, like some of them have been around for a while, but there's so many amazing Facebook groups out there. And there's so many, there's so much chatter about real estate investing, right? Like, just like anything, you have to do your own vetting of like, uh, do I really actually agree with that or believe that? Um, which is true of any book or anything, you know, any movie or presentation um but facebook i mean there's 
hundreds of real estate investor groups. And I mean, we're, we're in several of them as, you know, advisors or, or as investors ourselves. And uh, I just think because there's, because it's the, the spread of Facebook is huge, so huge. You're hearing from so many different people and uh, there's so many different points of view and insights and avenues. I, I really think it's, uh, I mean, it's like anything, you gotta do your own vetting, but I think there's so much information right at your fingertips so fast. So I, I think it's great. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, and, and I also agree with you that you gotta be careful. Like you can't, just cause somebody says it's so doesn't mean it's so. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, I could have probably said the right club, which is true too. It's a great, great resource. If you, if you're thinking of joining the right club, if this is your first, you know, experience and your first podcast and you haven't checked them out and you haven't become a member, I mean, what you guys are doing is fantastic. I mean, it's, uh, it is truly a fantastic, uh, group that you've got going and you've it's interesting how covid's i think actually probably helped you because now your costs are probably down you don't have to worry about the holiday in anymore you're just online and you're and you're everywhere right like you guys could be you know i know you're all across canada but you could go global and it would be wouldn't be that big of a deal to do that and so oh, I, think it's really, <laughs> I think it's i think it's really really cool what you guys are doing and uh you do have a lot of great guests and a lot of great topics and a lot of great uh, key speakers. So you're, it's a fantastic group to, uh, to be a partner with, but also to just be a member of. So thank you. So number three, and this, this we're going to make you think about. Um, so what, what specific attribute has made you successful? Um, well, I'll, you know what, I'll, I'm going to go with, my ability to pivot in the last 12 months with COVID um, as a business owner of a couple different businesses. Um, that's the biggest thing I've had to, to realize and learn about myself. If you want to just keep your feet stuck in the same spot, you know, you probably won't, you probably wouldn't be here anymore. Right. Um, just the ability to change, be flexible, uh, pivot with what, is happening. Uh, society, the one thing that is the only constant, I think, in life and society is change. Every single day, life is changing every single time. That's the only consistency that I can see that exists in life. And uh, it's true in business. Um, you have to be able to adapt and, and take on the unexpected, you know, as a business owner, you could uh, not be expecting a, a really, a really great opportunity. And here it is, it, you, it falls in your lap. You got lucky, right? Or you're, you're humming along and everything's perfect. And then all of a sudden a key staff person quits. Um, you know, that, that can happen all the time. And so I think you have to be able to pivot. You have to be adaptable. You have to be able to change. And I've learned that about myself this year and um, so far I think I've done okay, but you know, I don't know. Time will tell. Time is only going to tell. Uh, absolutely. You're, you're a, you're a stud and, and that's what, that's definitely one thing is like expecting the unexpected, like, yeah, expect it. It is going to have it. There's uh, 
there's a guy in our team, he says, expect problems and eat them for breakfast. <laughs> and then carry on with the rest of your day, right? So I like that's for that. Jeremy. That's for Jeremy if you're listening to this. But uh, I like all that. right. So last question on the uh, on the lightning round, and and maybe this answer a few years back would have been on a fresh pad of ice and and uh, skating around. But what uh, what is a typical Sunday morning look like for you? A uh, typical Sunday morning would be me trying to sleep in, which would be like eight o'clock. Um, for me, that's a sleep in and, um, try to just get up and just enjoy a little bit of quiet time before the kids and the, and, and wife get up and out of bed. And then we typically try to do like a nice Sunday brunch. We try to, you know, whether it's eggs and pancakes and, you know, bacon, we try to do all that on the barbecue. And so that's what dad gets to do. And I like that. And I enjoy that. And that's what we try to do on a Sunday. And, Typically probably have some activities going on. It's either baseball or hockey with my son coaching him. And then uh, my daughter has her competitive dance. So that's the afternoon typically, but the morning would be try to go at as slow a pace as I possibly can and just enjoy a little bit of family time with my wife and kids and have a nice brunch. And then we go off and um, take on the world, I guess. Well, enjoying life. That's what it's all about, right? If you're not enjoying life, then why are we doing any of this stuff? Like, that's really the bottom line. That's right. Ryan, how can people reach you? Uh, Best way to reach me is just my email, uh, ryan at carsonlaw.ca, or you can get all my contact information off my website, which is uh, www.carsonlaw.ca. Amazing. Amazing. Ryan, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for always being uh, so generous with your time, your information, lots and lots of knowledge. Guys, go back, listen to this, get in touch with Ryan, figure out what your plan is, set up the plan, set up the business, get the team ready. Um, any last words of advice that you want to share with the Right Club community? I would just say, don't be afraid, you know, like get your partners, get your team in place. They're going to help insulate your risk and then just go for it. Just go get it. Super. Love it. Thanks, Ryan. Thank yeah, you guys got it. Thanks a lot. It's amazing how fast that always goes. <laughs> Felt like five, 10 minutes. <laughs> time flies when you're having a good time. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Bye. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Take care. Alfonso, we've heard uh, Ryan's words of wisdom, and there were quite a few words of wisdom in there, weren't there? I learned some stuff, some really interesting stuff, especially about trust, because I really hadn't thought about it a lot. Uh, but what, what kind of takeaway do you get for that? Yeah, that? absolutely. I, you know, I've heard the name, you know, family trust been thrown around. A bunch of people have mentioned it. Uh, you know, we got into a couple of different specifics, you know, that versus the corporation. Uh, and, and there's several trusts as well, too. But the, the, my, my biggest takeaway for sure, and then I got into it a little bit on the podcast was, you know, going from playing checkers to going up to playing chess. Right. And figuring it out and getting that strategy and really having your arms around the whole business and not just oh, from one property to the next kind of like, you know, the monkeys on the trees, banana to banana. Right. But really setting it up and saying, OK, where are we going to what's the long term goals here? What, what are some things are going to look like in the year three or five or even beyond that? Right. Um, and setting that up, that that, that was definitely uh some great wisdom that Ryan shared and something really for all of you listeners to take, take back, think about and how you can apply it into your own into your own businesses and lives.
Yeah, exactly. And I think for me, it was really what what I, I thought was the most important was that just do it at the beginning, just do it at the beginning, because you, once you bought your first property or your second or your fifth or whatever it is in your own name, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, and now you're scrambling to keep up with that and you got to set up a corporation and for, for all the money that it costs and it really, it, I don't even, I don't even think of it a cost. I think of it as an investment because it's going to save me so much down the road. And I think any real, any serious real estate investor, and by serious, I mean, somebody who wants more than zero properties. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Seriously. right. From day one, from day one, yeah, you have from to day take one. it. That's right. Just, that's just right. do it because it, I believe that that that's the way to go. It, I think what it does is it gives you a lot of, it gives you a lot more options than if you just did it in your own name. Because now when you're in either a corporation or a corporation, maybe a trust too, there's many options that you have in terms of, of, of revenue sharing and all the rest of it. You don't have that that's when right. you do it in your own name. So that's, that's right. the bottom line. Yeah, you open you up your it. options. You got right. it. You got it. Well, and, and thank you to the, the entire Right Club community. We appreciate you listening in and, and we'll, we definitely see you on the, uh, the rightclub.com. Get on the community, share your thoughts, ideas, maybe your feedback from this podcast, other questions that maybe it sparked from you. And uh, we have the events calendar, the forums, all that stuff for you guys to enjoy. And please, if you did like this podcast, rate, review it, share it with a friend. It definitely helps us get out there to uh, even more people that we can help. So until next time, Laurel, what do we say? Come grow with us. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. <laughs>